welcome everyone to Fringes of the Faith, a podcast dedicated to talking about the obscure elements in the Christian Bible and the sometimes strange and weird stuff in our faith. I'm Paul Henderson, Administrative Pastor at Capstone Church, located here in Fort Worth, Texas. And this good-looking guy next to me is, of course, Parky Coburn, Senior Pastor of Capstone Church. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm wondering how long it's been since you've had an eye check or eye exam. But I do have glasses, and they are progressives, by the way. Oh, well, okay. Well, then, okay. I take that back. It's good to see everyone today. <laughs> yes, and we are... We just entered the month of October. Yes. And that is the season of autumn. And, you know, the leaves are changing colors. Mm. They're getting ready to fall off the trees. The air seems to be a little crisper. Ooh, yeah. It definitely is a little cooler this morning. Oh, man, it's nice right now. Pretty soon we're going to be wearing sweaters and coats. And, but, you know, it's also a time to enjoy the harvest. Mm-hmm. After a long year of tilling the soil and planting seeds and watering and gardening, it's a time of festivals. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, when we speak of festivals, did you know that there is a night coming at the end of this month when people all around the world will be engaging in a festival that dates all the way back, very, very long time ago. Only in the modern day, they decorate their houses Mm -hmm. with spooky things like spider webs and skeletons and jack-o'-lanterns and like grave sites and Right. Most of the stuff that has to do with creepy, mm-hmm. haunted type things. They'll be dressing up in costumes. They'll be going to parties, mm-hmm. maybe door to door, trick or treating. And we know that as Halloween, don't y- we? Yes, Halloween. And so we thought it would be appropriate here mm-hmm. on the table of French to talk about Halloween because it is something that's out there on the fringe. And there are a lot of questions about this mm-hmm. particular day or at night for Christians. Right. As a matter of fact, this episode is going to be called the Halloween Dilemma for Christians. Because there is a dilemma here, I think. Don't I you? think so. I think there uh, well, people have had traditions passed down in their families, mm-hmm. uh, celebrations passed down. And I, I'll be honest with you, I think most people don't know much at all about Halloween other than just what they see in stores. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what they're told about it right. by their family. Right. So I think uh, it's appropriate uh, to talk about Halloween, and let's talk a little bit about where did this, where did Halloween come from? Um, How to get, how did it get started? How did it become known as a, as a, I don't want to say the word holiday, but how did it become known as a, as a festival day? And, and then how do we, as Christians, as believers, how do we respond to people that either participate Mm -hmm. in this? festival or mm-hmm. they are absolutely vehemently against it how do we sh- how should we respond We're, we'll talk about that but here we go halloween if it's not the most it's certainly one of the most popular days on the gregorian calendar would you agree it really is as a matter of fact uh, i've done some research on the on the commercial impact of halloween and it is the second largest uh, commercial holiday in the United States behind Christmas. And when I say commercial, that means who, who, how much money is spent to, in the celebration of this holiday. And uh, it, it comes in second only behind Christmas. Wow. Their estimates are around $6 billion Americans will spend on Halloween. So it's even over Valentine's Day. Yes. Wow. Yes, it is. Mm, that's amazing. Well, 
Let's talk about its origins. Are you ready? Yeah. Now, I, I know that you've done some teachings and some sermons mm-hmm. on Halloween and, and the history. So why don't you walk us through uh, this obscure, um, little-known uh, festival that, that has been called Halloween? Okay. Um, we'll try to make this as easy as possible. Uh, Halloween, as we know it, is a, a, a festival that goes way back in time. I mean, this is an ancient, ancient celebration. So before uh, America was even Oh, Lord, okay. oh, Lord, yes. Okay. Before America was ever uh, founded. It's arguably, you know, it, it could be as old as 2,000 years or more. Uh, yeah, it's pretty old. It was uh, originally started uh, as a holiday, as a festival, as I said, as you said, not holiday because holiday means holy days, but as a, as a festival called Samhain. Samhain. Samhain, mm-hmm. and it was a Celtic festival, and uh, we're not talking about a, a basketball team from Boston. Uh, the Celts were a people group uh, that lived uh, in Ireland and and in the UK and in and in northern France, and um, they celebrated their new year on November 1st. We celebrate ours on the Gregorian calendar on January 1st. They celebrated theirs on November 1st, and the reason that they did was because to them, that represented the end of harvest time. Mm-hmm. We, we mentioned harvest. Harvest time, uh, the end of, of the nicer weather, the end of uh, the time of harvest, and the beginning of the cold, dark winter. And you have to remember, in, in those days, uh, most people were uh, there were agrarian societies. They were involved yes. in agriculture. So winter was a very tough season on people. I imagine it's pretty lonely for them, too. Lonely. They were isolated a lot. Uh, it was cold. It was dark. And to be honest with you, back in those days, uh, a lot of people didn't survive wintertime. Mm-hmm. You know, many people lost their lives during that period of time. Well, the Celts believed that on the very last day of their year, which would have been October 31st, Mm -hmm. they believed that the lines between the the world of the dead and the world of the living, and when I mean the living man on this earth, became very thin and actually blurred. And they believed... That during that night, people who were dead, their spirits could come back, could come back from the world they had passed to at death, and could come back into the world of the living. Mm. That's what they believed. So, that would inc- I guess that included their ancestors. It would include their ancestors. Uh, it would include uh, just anyone. And, and so, this holiday, to be honest with you, was not just a time of anticipation, hey, you know, I might see someone that died in my family, but it was also a time of great fear Mm. because they also believed that evil, uh, wicked people could come back and cross that line and come back and try to harm them, try to take things from them. They didn't have very much. Mm -hmm. And, And so, therefore, there was a lot of fear surrounding this holiday as well. And so they began to develop some things to protect themselves and to take advantage of what they believed happened during that, during that night. 
Okay, so the very beginnings of Sal winds. Sal the very mm-hmm. beginnings of Sal wind are spiritual in nature. Yes, they are. So, so we're talking about a spiritual festival here. Yes, it was a spiritual okay. festival, and you know, uh, there was a positive to the to the to the Celts. There was a positive and a negative side to this thing. Mm-hmm. The negative was is you could have people crossing back over from the dead into the living world that that were scary, that might want to take things from you, that might want to do bad things to you. But they also believed uh, that these people that were coming back from the dead carried information mm-hmm. that could possibly be profitable for them in the future. Uh, oh, almost kind of like... Uh... A palm, like when you go to a palm reader, I don't go to them, but when people go to palm readers to get their future or, you know, whatever you call those folks, spiritists, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's kind of where the beginnings of all that came about. That's, you know, that's interesting. It, it, it could have some origins in that. Yeah. You know, these Celt, Celtic uh, peoples had a priesthood too, and it was called the Druids. I've heard of the Druids. The yeah. Druids, and uh, they believed. Uh, that if they built bonfires and, and sacrificed on this night, the Druids, if they did that, that maybe these spirits would come and they would sacrifice to them and they would be amenable to these Druid priests and they would begin to give them information that we might know in the Christian world that might equate to a prophecy, mm. which might tell them things to come that they could prepare for. And, you know, well, this event is going to happen down the road. Well, the Celtic priests, uh, the Druids could take that information and try to control and manipulate and, and keep their people dependent upon them. You know, the, the Druids carried this information and, and their people needed this information that had been passed down about the future. So information for them became power. Information became power. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, they did all kinds of things in these uh, worship festivals. I mean, they dressed up in animal skins. They wow. they would wear animal heads, and and uh, just a lot of interesting things would go on. Now, I read somewhere about that, um, and I believe it was the History Channel where they would dress up in animal skins on this night uh, to try to trick these mm-hmm. the evil spirits from coming and kidnapping them. Exactly. They did do that, you know, because um, something developed uh, back then uh, that they used to call guising. Mm-hmm. And it's where we get our word disguising from, where we, we dress up so that people don't know who we are. But yes, they would dress up uh, to try to disguise themselves uh, from, these, uh, from these evil spirits. You know, like, like for instance, if, if they felt like a, they might feel like an evil spirit was going to try to come to them purposely, pick them out, and take something from them, then they would disguise themselves. They would dress up in a costume to try to fool that evil spirit so that the spirit, uh, you know, wouldn't know that who they were. And sometimes they would even dress up that way to try to ward off these spirits. They'd think, well, if I dress up in something kind of scary or, are intimidating that maybe this spirit would think twice about dealing with me. I see. So now I'm starting to get a, a, a nefarious type picture. Can you imagine? And I'm sure maybe this is where it came from. You, you may have it. Um, 
But can you imagine dressing up, disguising yourself as, as an animal, and then knowing that your neighbors were putting food out on their on their front front of their properties mm-hmm. to appease these spirits that yes. they would show up and take the food or whatever they were the food and the drink that they were offering to appease the bad spirits, but they were it was actually their neighbors dressed up in these animal skins. I'm not saying that happened, I'm just yeah. saying that's kind of kind of a road that, that took me down for a second. No, you're right. I mean, you know, they were one of the things that they feared uh, was that these spirits would come to their homes. Mm. And so it's like you said. So to try to either appease these spirits or get them to to not come into their home, they would put goodies out. They would put food out. They might put part of their harvest out. You know, nowadays we put pumpkins and we put uh, – wheat bales and all this stuff on our front porch to decorate but brothers and sisters and folks out there listening that even of itself has roots in this because they might put part of their harvest on their front porch Mm -hmm. hoping that when these spirits came they would take that and go no further Mm -hmm. now they also set dinner dinner places at their dinner table inside sometimes in their homes at dinner time on that night thinking that if a relative one of their relatives actually came back that they would have a place set for them that they could sit down and eat with them wow (laughs) yeah i I never knew that about halloween so that's interesting but we're still we're not even to the point of how it became halloween yet we're still talking about the origin of being sal win where did it come from uh because what one of the things that we're going to share with you today is is just this uh this whole day had its its roots and its origin in this Celtic worship. Mm-hmm. Now, the church came along later, the Catholic church came along later, and trying to get some of their people out of some of this Druid worship, these Druid festivals, they instituted their own holidays, mm-hmm. you know, around that period of time. But all of the uh, Halloween firmly has its roots in, in pagan religion. Yes, and I, and I think I read somewhere that it was in the 5th century, actually, that, that a pope named Boniface mm-hmm. attempted to do exactly what you said. He attempted to make Samhain a celebration of saints and martyrs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and actually, they moved it. They tried to they move did. it from November 1st or October 31st as the night before. They tried to move that to May 13th, but later on, another pope named Gregory, yes, Gregory moved it back to November 1st. and and I, didn't they call it something like All Saints? Yeah, they all? expanded it from being All Martyrs Day. I mean, in the in the originally Boniface wanted it to be a day of where they where they remembered their martyrs and of the church and stuff like that. But you're right, Gregory expanded that to not just be a celebration and remembrance of martyrs, but all uh, All Saints Day. It was just you know a celebration of everyone that had lived in the faith that had gone on. Okay, and so that's on November 1st. November 1st. How did we get to October 31st being a part of that? Well, um, October 31st, down through the years, after, after the church, the Catholic church, began to create these holidays, they also later created another ho- a holiday on November the 2nd, which was called All Souls Day. 
and it was firmly rooted in Catholic doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being to pray, be the ability to pray your your loved ones that have passed out of purgatory or do things that could get them out of purgatory. You know. Uh, and this All Souls Day they created on November the 2nd, so they had two holidays back-to-back there in Europe. Mm-hmm. And on All Souls Day, they encouraged uh, the, the poor in the town to go around to people's houses and knock on their doors. And in a promise to pray for their departed loved ones, mm-hmm. they would give them goodies. Mm-hmm. They would give them food. And children... This began to be a big thing with children and because they got cakes or food or goodies by doing this. And so children really began to participate in this All Souls Day and go around and knock on doors and promise to pray for, for people's uh, departed loved ones uh, if they could get goodies Wow! for doing that. So there sounds and they called like it souling. souling. We're going souling. So yeah. it sounds like at some point, though, there was a crossover. And I don't know, do they, is there still an All Souls Day? Or has that now kind of been um, merged into All Saints Day? And then, of course, when, you know, we talk about October 31st being on the eve of All Saints Day. Yeah, exactly. That's how it got its name, Halloween. Uh, Originally, uh, people, after Christianity came, to Europe, where the Celts lived. And it began to come, and the Catholic Church holiday instituted these holidays. Then the Celts and the, and the people in Europe began to call December 31st, which was the pagan ritual that they were, many of them were still practicing. They called that All Hallows' Eve. Okay? It was the night before, the evening before, the hallowed ceremonies that the church had put in and that eventually over time began to be that all hallows eve began to be crunched down into one word halloween oh it's, okay so i think you i think you said december 31st oh i mean october, october 31 okay. december 31st is my grandson's one of my grandson's birthday i am so sorry so october 31st. i mean my daughter's birthday well no forget it anyway <laughs> don't tell my wife i didn't know okay so October 31st was on the eve of All Saints Day, mm-hmm. and the next that was November 1st. November 2nd would have been All Souls Day, where souling would occur, mm-hmm. with, where it became a big popular thing in Europe for children to go door-to-door knocking, mm-hmm. and they would get goodies and treats or whatever for praying for the departed mm-hmm. family members, okay? Mm-hmm. But then on October 31st, as you said, that became known as All Hallowed Eve, mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually became Halloween. And, mm-hmm. and now we've got this picture, though, of this merging of um, pagan rituals with this, with this uh, I guess it started out as, as a Catholic, um, um, I don't want to say holiday, but a Catholic day of remembrance. Yeah. And you've got this merging. And um, I, I'm wondering, I mean... The, Sounds a little confusing. Well, the the Catholic Church, uh, as it, as Christianity and Catholic Catholicism began to expand into Europe, mm. then they began to encounter uh, these Druid celebrations. 
And so their idea of, of trying to convince their people to leave these behind and begin to celebrate uh, other things was to the creation of another holiday at the very same time. Just a creation of a holiday. It wasn't a biblical thing. It was just the creation uh, of a holiday just to try to get the attention off of this Druid, off this oh, Druid festival. Mm -hmm. But the problem was is uh, these things actually began to merge in Europe, okay? It, it, in other words, the worship uh, or the Druid festival on uh, October 31st never ceased. Mm-hmm. It didn't cease. What the church did didn't cause it to stop. Mm. The, the people in, who became converts to either Christianity or Catholicism in that area still practiced uh, the All Hallows' Eve, still did the celebrations, just like we've talked about them on All Hallows' Eve. Okay. Um, how did we get to the point where we are now? I mean, now when you think about Halloween, you mm -hmm. think about trick-or-treating, yeah, uh, dressing up, disguising yourself. Mm -hmm. But you also think about things like bobbing, bobbing for apples, and yeah. what, does that have any roots in any of this? Yeah, uh, it, it it does. I, I mean, I, when you begin to talk about the origins and what what happened on this uh, Celtic festival, then you can see that many of those things have been carried forward even into that into today. Okay, we we dress up. Okay, uh, why do we dress up? Well, that's just fun. No, because this festival carried that all the way through. There was a reason these people dressed. They dressed to either uh, ward off. They dressed to ward off evil spirits, mm -hmm. and or to worship these spirits. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can see that we still we still disguise ourselves just like they did. Mm -hmm. We still go to door to door just like they did. Uh, goodies are still given. We say trick or treat. Well, that's like, okay, you can either give me an offering or I'm going to torment you. Well, that has its roots in, in the beliefs of the original Celtic festival. So you're right. I mean, but there are other things that happen too. And you mentioned bobbing for apples. Mm -hmm. Well, I did some research on bobbing for apples. And, you know, bobbing for ap apples is actually a divination practice. Is it? Yeah. People, uh, back, back in the old days, uh, survival and the family were, were huge. And so marriage was a big rite of passage in people's lives. All, I mean, my goodness, it still is. Mm -hmm. And and so... Uh, People, uh, through, uh, all through the years, in pagan practices, people would use nuts or sometimes apples as a divination tool. And so how bobbing for apples came to pass is uh, you would put all these apples in water, and then a single person, uh, usually these were single women, but sometimes single men, would come to this thing and they would reach for a specific apple. You know how you do it. You get in there and you try to grab one and it, it, it seems mostly like a, a, an effort of physics to us, but to them, it was a ceremony that was led by, by chance. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That was led by fate, mm -hmm. which apple you were able to get. And then they would pick that apple up. Well, nowadays people eat it, but back then they would eat it. But what they did first is they would peel it. 
and they would try to peel it in one long strip without breaking it because they believed, I know, guys, but this is just what they did. They believed that if they took that peel and they threw it over their shoulder and it landed on the floor, that whatever, that it would land on the floor in the shape of the letter of the first name of the person that they would marry. So that would help. Now you say, well, how's that going to help them know who they're going to marry? Well, it's going to cut it down. Mm-hmm. To them, a little bit, you know, if they if it looked like an S on the floor, and then they met a guy named Stuart, you see, then they would be like, "This is the guy I'm supposed to marry." So they were led into marriages. You see what I'm saying? I do. I do. By this pagan ritual. Hmm. Hmm. Well, if you threw one over today, I'm sure I would find a way for it to look like a J. A J for your wife, Janae. Well, you know what? God led you to her, so yes. you don't have to. Yes. And, and that's, brothers and sisters, that's the way I, I I would do it. You find God, and he'll find the mate for you. Amen. Amen. So let's talk a little bit about, um, let's, let's move into, you mentioned, you know, nowadays in the modern Halloween sense, people, they do it for fun. Um, they have these games that they do for mm-hmm. fun, bobbing for apples and all that, and and Christians who participate on this, you know, a lot of them say, well, it's just good fun and it's harmless. I'm wondering, what is your take? What's your take on, on that? Wow. I don't, I don't think my opinion matters. Uh, you know, there is not a, a book in there of second opinions in the Bible. Uh, I think if we're going to be accurate teachers of the Word of God, then we have to let the Word of God tell us what to do. We don't need to put forth an opinion. Now, if you go back to the Bible and you look at the instructions that God gave to his people, and you look at uh, passages, I can give you a couple uh, that you can look up, the guys that are listening, folks that are listening out there. Deuteronomy 18, the Lord was giving his people some instruction, okay? Mm-hmm. The other one, I want to be sure I get the reference right, and I've got it written down here. It was 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. That's New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Bible tells us uh, that we can't be involved with God and with pagan things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, know, you know, you may say, well, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not worshiping any spirit or, or actually believing there is such a thing, uh, you know, when I do these things. I just do them in fun. I just do them for fun. Well, I think the Bible tells us that we have to watch out in our involvement in such things like this. Now, the Bible also tells us that there's only one God but one. Mm-hmm. But the just as an example, the Satanist church s- still celebrates this as one of their major holidays. And they laugh at the fact that Christians go out and celebrate on October 31st. I've heard that. When, when it, it's a period of time where they get together and possibly even do their sacrifices to Satan. Mm. And we know that he is real. We don't glorify him, but we know he is real. Mm-hmm. And we know he has demonic powers that assist him. Mm-hmm. And so this is not just something that's, that's made up. It's actually, as you said earlier, a spiritual festival. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think involvement in something like that, knowingly, knowingly, if you're doing it ignorantly, you know, I think God takes that into account some. But if you're doing that knowingly and you got the revelation, then I think it it can be somewhat dangerous spiritually just to to be involved in these things. I mean, these things have zero uh, root in Christianity. Mm-hmm. It, well, as a matter of fact, even the, the days that the Catholic Church created, we're not supposed to venerate or worship martyrs, That's right. and we're certainly not supposed to pray for the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so none of the three things we've talked about that were instituted thousands of years ago or by the, by the Catholic Church, or none of these things are biblical. So why would we celebrate it? That's good. Um, but there are some, some Christians, and there is some thought out there mm-hmm. that, well, uh, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that we're free, yes. that we have freedoms and that we're not under the law. And so I looked at that. And I wanted to present that side of it as sure. well. And then I mm-hmm. think at the end of this, there is, I believe, a definitive answer to it. But we'll let the people that are watching and sure. listening decide. So in Romans 14, verses okay. 1 through 6, written by the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm going to read the Amplified translation because I think it paints a pretty good picture. It says, As for the one whose faith is weak, accept him into your fellowship but not for the purpose of quarreling over his opinions. One man's faith permits him to eat everything, while the weak believer eats only vegetables to avoid eating ritually unclean meat or something previously considered unclean. The one who eats everything is not to look down on the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat must not criticize or pass judgment Mm -hmm. on the one who eats everything, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? Before his own master, he stands approved or falls out of favor. And he who serves the master, the Lord, will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Mm -hmm. And it goes on to say this, One person regards one day as better or more important than another, while another regards every day the same as any other. Let everyone be fully convinced, assured, satisfied in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. And I think this is the key statement in this scripture. I think it says that the one who eats everything is not to look down on the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat must not criticize or pass judgment on the one who eats everything for God Mm -hmm. has accepted him. I think that same admonition applies to verse 5 that says, when one person who regards one day as better... Mm-hmm. is not to look down on the one who does not regard it any different, and the one who does not regard any day different must not criticize or pass judgment on the one who regards one day is different. And this is Paul writing to believers. Mm-hmm. And basically, I think what he the, the, the idea that he is trying to get across to this group is, hey, look, we're all brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. So let's not engage in quarreling over people's opinions and... You know, let's not judge others for what they do. Um, that's not our job. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's a part of what he's saying, right? And so, no, I agree with that. You know, we there's really two questions we're addressing here. Uh, one is, should you celebrate Halloween as a believer? Okay. And the other is, and I we encourage you to to just seek God over that one. Mm-hmm. 
the other one is how do we treat our brothers and sisters who don't agree with us? Right. And I agree with you. We are not called to be judges of our brothers and sisters. The Lord is well able to take care of that situation. And, um, you know, somebody's not going to lose their salvation for, for going to a Halloween party mm-hmm. or, or going out and knocking on someone's door. Um, so please, what we're trying to say, what the Scripture is saying is don't let this be a point of contention in your church or between you and, and another brother and sister. Yes, because there, I mean... We are in the days mm-hmm. where the church is experiencing division on almost every single topic. Oh my Lord! And, uh, and yes, this is this is one of those topics because you know I'll, I'll, you have some out there, some who say Halloween's a pagan holiday, mm-hmm. and Christians shouldn't participate in it because it's demonic. Then you have others that say, well. How is this line of thinking any different from looking down on Christians in Paul's day who ate food sacrificed to idols, which right. are also called demons, right. and that would be considered demonic participation? Paul says if they're believers, God's accepted them and shouldn't be criticized. Plain and simple, right? Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. It's a yes and no. Yes and no. And here's I think here's what Peter talked about when he talked about Paul's writings can be hard. Yeah. Okay? He says this, Okay. Listen, because this is, I believe this is a definitive answer from the Apostle Paul in his instructions to believers. Romans 14, verses 13 through 18 says this, Then let us not criticize one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block or a source of temptation in another believer's way. I know and I am convinced as one in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean which he means ritually defiled, or nothing is unholy mm-hmm. in and of itself. But nonetheless, it is unclean to someone who thinks it's unclean. Yes. Okay? And it says, if your brother is being hurt or offended because of food that you insist on eating, you are no longer walking in love mm-hmm. toward your brother. Do not let what you eat destroy and spiritually harm one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what is a good thing for you, because of your freedom to choose, mm-hmm. be spoken of as evil by someone else. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what one likes, mm-hmm. but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the one who serves Christ in this way, recognizing that food choice is secondary, is acceptable to God and is approved by men. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for those who are convinced because of their freedoms in Christ, that you're not under the law, and that nothing is ceremonially, uh, ceremonially unclean or defiled because of your unwavering faith. Um, you know, you feel like you're free to choose, but the Apostle Paul warns us that we should not use these freedoms of choice if it's going to weaken another's faith yes. or cause offense. And this, I believe, is the Halloween dilemma for a lot of Christians on both sides of the issue. Yeah. Well, yes, because after all, and the Apostle Paul alludes to this, he, t- he talks about this. He, after all, what is Halloween? Okay, it, it's nothing but a, 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 a celebration of some sort. And, you know, different people have different ideas. So why would we want to bring division over something as unimportant as this? Exactly. You know, it's kind of like the Apostle Paul said, uh, 
well, look, if I believe I can eat meat that's been offered in an idol's temple, but I'm with a brother who says, man, I just can't eat that. Well, why not, buddy? Well, it was, it was offered up to an idol. It's, yep, the, it's demonically tainted. Then the Apostle Paul says that the, what should happen in that situation is we don't argue about that. We just say, well, hey, guess what? Let's don't eat it at all because it's not important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not important to me. I'm not going to to violate somebody's faith by trying to prove a point. Uh, each one of us have to allow God to work in each other's life, and the church really experiences problems when we try to be each other's Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so I can kind of understand the the questions and the confusion on the part of believers and, and Christians when it comes to this topic of Halloween, should we, should we not? Uh, Because on one hand, we're told Mm -hmm. uh, not to criticize those who exercise their freedoms to participate in these festivals or foods that are pagan. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we're told not to participate in those festivals or foods if they cause offense. So what's the answer? What is the definitive answer? You know what? I think the Apostle Paul gives us that Mm -hmm. definitive answer. You already alluded to it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the arguments. It's not worth... No. Division, but here's what the Apostle Paul says specifically, and it's it's in verses 19 through 21. So then, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another, things which lead to spiritual growth. Do not, for the sake of food or a pagan festival, tear down the work of God. All things indeed are ceremonially clean, but they are wrong for the person who eats or participates and offends another's conscience in the process. It is good to do the right thing and not eat meat or drink wine or do anything Anything. that offends your brother and weakens him spiritually. But you know, the thing that I was thinking about while you were talking about, you know, why, why is it important? You know how difficult that is for us in America? Because we are an individualistic society. We are. Yeah, we want to do what, what we want to do individually and believe we have the right to do so. We do. We, we exalt our individual freedoms over the collective good uh, of the group. And mo- most cultures, many cultures, that's not their value. That's right. The value, the value is on the group. Uh, but... And, you know, in the body of Christ, uh, the value is really on the body. Mm-hmm. Now, God takes care of the individual, but, but the value, you're valuable as an individual, but the value that we place as individuals is upon one another. And see, that's where we miss things like this and where we begin to make our mistakes is by not putting somebody else's spiritual uh uh, growth, spiritual life, uh, above uh, just a desire that we want to have that really doesn't have to do with anything. It's not. It's not going to uh, help us or hurt us if we celebrate it or we miss it or we partake in it or if we don't. But we just stand up for our rights. This is a right that I have, and uh, I'm thank God for individual rights. But you got to remember, we're we're uh, part of the kingdom of God first before we're a citizen of any other place. We're part of a body. Yes, yes. And being part of a body means that you have to take into consideration the other parts of that same body. Yeah, because what 
I mean, you know, like Pat, like the Apostle Paul said. I mean, and, and this comes up a lot in alcohol use. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another mm-hmm. thing. Oh my God! You know, there are people that believe if they touch alcohol, they're going to go to hell. And, and you know, then there are people over on the other side that that drink and and you know believe they can drink as long as they don't drink to excess that they're fine. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's what the scripture says about it, but then you still have people way across the spectrum mm-hmm. on these on this spectrum. Well, um, what is an alcoholic beverage? It's a drink. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a good way to to bring this point home. So, am I going to violate your faith and make you do something that you feel like is a sin for the sake of a drink? No, you mean right. much more to me than that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, what the Apostle Paul's talking about here. Who is more important and what is more important? The, the exercise of a celebration or the walk, the spiritual walk of a brother or sister? Mm-hmm. And the spiritual walk of a brother and sister is more important. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's, that is a tough one for us in, in the Western culture. It's a tough position to be in. And I think, um, and this is just me, but I think that if we concentrate on our own walk, Mm -hmm. our own faith, our own relationship with the Lord, and what we as believers agree on, Mm -hmm. like the saving power of God through his son Jesus, and stop being so concerned with what others are doing, I think that's going to eliminate a whole lot of division, stress, and offenses in the church. Right. I agree with you 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a shameless plug here, but I'm really excited because starting in October, I, I'm going to uh, start a series here at Capstone called A, a Candid Look at the Church. Mm. And one of the, one of the topics that the Lord showed me to, to teach during this period of time is Jesus' method of change. How does Jesus change? Well, we, we try to change one another through coercion, mm-hmm. through abandonment. I'll pull back from you if you don't do like I do, do what I say. You know, manipulation, um, condemnation. Mm-hmm. And those aren't the tools that Jesus used at all mm-hmm. to bring change in his church. And so we need to get on board with his methods of bringing change and uh, get away from this individualistic, uh, in, in many ways, what's driving some of those things would be selfish way of, of handling problems. One other point I think is important to consider, um, and I think, oh, yes. I think a lot of Christians who criticize others for, for, for participating in Halloween or Easter mm-hmm. or Valentine's Day or Christmas because of the pagan origins... Uh, you guys need to think about this, okay? If you're really, if you're really concerned and you're really offended with the idea mm-hmm. of participating in anything with pagan origins, then you need to throw out your pagan Gregorian calendar. You need to start referring to the days of the week by some other name because Monday was dedicated to the pagan moon goddess Luna. Mm-hmm. Tuesday was dedicated to the pagan god of war called Tu. Wednesday is dedicated to the pagan god Wooden. Thursday dedicated to the pagan god Thor. Friday was dedicated to Freya, the wife of the pagan god Odin. And Saturday was, of course, dedicated to the pagan god of Saturn. And even the Lord's Day, Sunday, was dedicated 
to the pagan sun goddess Suna, also known as So. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Trick or treat, trunk or treat, fall festival, harvest festival, Halloween, or just another night staying at home watching Pure Flex. It doesn't matter which one you do because believers are accepted by God. But what matters most is what we've been trying to talk about here is whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord while putting the conscience of others in mind ahead of your own preferences and choices. Exactly. Pastor Paul brings up a great a great point. I mean, even our celebration of Christmas has pagan uh, some pagan symbology uh, in it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's nothing evil in and of itself, and and so you know if those uh, it's not not a Christmas tree. Some people argue that's a pagan that's a pagan symbol. But a, a, a fir tree and having a fir tree in your house in and of itself is not sinful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so therefore, you know, and if it reminds you of Christ and that's who you glorify and that's who you celebrate. Mm-hmm. If you can, you know, you read a scripture a while ago that says, he who does these things does it as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important part. Mm-hmm. If you can do these things and worship God at first and put him first in them, then, you know, the pagan power, a lot of the pagan power on these things is just, is just broken. You know, it doesn't affect you. God, because, you know, like I said, in and of itself, these things are not evil. It's, it's what they're used for. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but there's another scripture, uh, you know, in the Bible uh, that uh, uh, tells us, you know that that what we need to do is we need to to realize okay that if if we are putting love and preference for God and others before everything else then you know and and there's not i mean it's it's one thing to have a tree in your house another thing to have an idol of of satan right <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. so so those things in and of themselves are not evil. So if we're putting the Lord first and we're putting others first, then, then there's a sanctification process that happens in all we do. Yes, and like you said, that you know, what we're talking about applies to every aspect of Christian living. It applies to food, alcohol, festivals, music, movies, books, podcasts, activities. Because remember Paul says this in Romans 14, verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what one likes, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's another one other scripture the, the Apostle Paul said that I would also add to that. The Apostle Paul said, everything is free for me. Mm-hmm. I am free yes. to do anything because I'm not serving God. I'm, I'm not, my, my relationship with God is not based on, on behavior. It's not based on my performance. It's based upon his grace. Right. But the apostle Paul went on to say, but everything is not beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. And so you as being a person out there living your life for the Lord, if you see your involvement in something is not being beneficial for you spiritually and, and not bringing about, not helping to aid to bring about the, the things that God wants to, to put into your life or bring into your life, then even though 
it may not be wrong in and of itself. It's, it's operating in a way that's stealing something from you, so let it go. I mean, that's another thing that the Scripture says. And we don't do that because out of performance, we do that out of love for self and for God. Mm-hmm. Yes. And remember the two commandments, the greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your mm-hmm. heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So thank you so much for your insight and for all the uh, research that you've done on, uh, what's it called, Sawwin? Sawwin. Sawwin. Sawwin, yeah. Which later became Halloween. Um, Thank you for that. And, you know, thank you all for watching and listening. And remember, you know, if you're in the Fort Worth Metroplex area and you are looking for a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, gospel-preaching church, check us out. We're one of those. We are www.capstone.church, or better yet, visit us. You can get directions on our Mm -hmm. website. And if you let me know you're coming, I'll meet you at the front door. Yeah. All right? Yeah. We love you guys. God bless you. And and until next time, stay alert, stay in the Word, and be not deceived. Bye-bye.